Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Unofficial Shopify podcast listeners might like to try Bold Apps Store Locator. Despite what the name says, I view Store Locator as a beautiful and simple way to display all of the dealers who may sell your product. Of course, if you have multiple stores, it's perfect for that too. Plus, in the admin, you can see everywhere people search for you, so you know where people want you to be. If you'd like to try it, Bold is offering unofficial Shopify podcast listeners an extended trial by going to websiterescues.com slash bold. If you go to websiterescues.com slash bold, you can get started today. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. This is episode whatever. Um, actually, I don't know anymore. We have done so many and I'm so proud of this. I think 60, 70 episodes, maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But it feels good. Um and one of the things, you know, we're, we're always trying to do is, hey, how do we help people make more money? And that's ultimately what it's about. And it, the, what's, what's funny about that is everyone focuses, and by the way, you know, store owners, um, even consultants, focus on getting new people to the store, getting the people into the top of the funnel. And that makes sense because when you, you know, you launch your store and then there's crickets, there's nobody there, um, you know, you, you're working hard to get people to visit your site. And a lot of people never get out of that mode where they're just bringing new people continuously to this, bringing new people continuously to their site. And the problem with that is those are the most expensive customers to get. And you should keep doing that. But it, you know, as you're doing that, you should also, once you've got a critical mass, um, you know, as soon as you get even as, as low as 150 visitors a day, start working on, hey, how do we get those same customers, those initial customers, how do we turn them into repeat customers? Because they've already, you know, those people are your your most engaged audience. They've already raised their hand and said, hey, I, I trust you enough to, to buy from you. And so joining me today is Eric Davis. Uh, I've met him several times, wonderful man. Uh, he's the founder of the Little Stream Software. He helps e-commerce entrepreneurs customize their Shopify stores using public and private Shopify apps. And I have made, made a few referrals to him um, for when someone needs a private Shopify app. But he's got a really neat app um, that solves exactly this problem, and he's got a lot of experience in the space. So I thought we'd talk about it. Uh, Eric, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing today? <laughs> Very good. Uh, feeling good. It is it is Friday, admittedly. I, I always publish these on Tuesday. I'm breaking the fourth wall. I'm recording this on Friday. There are the secrets out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know the thing that, that amazes me is... Even very like sophisticated, high profit stores, high revenue stores. You know, I've got a client who spends twenty grand a day on Facebook ads. They, I don't think even they have a customer retention plan. Like a lot of people will have, you know, even like the most basic plan at best or no plan at all. So when we talk about like customer retention, what are we talking about? So I mean, we got to get back to what you were saying earlier about you know everyone focuses on you know acquiring new customers, bringing people in the top of right. the funnel, and you know basically it's I think the funnel aspect is a big part of it because you think of a funnel, you throw people in, they come out the other end, drop money in your pocket, and they go on their way. Well, no one really buys that way. Like some people will leave, some people aren't happy with your store, or they just need one product, or they go they're cost shopping, so they just go wherever's the cheapest. But there are customers that come back and back and back, like. Um, myself, for instance, there's, they're actually on Shopify now, but there's an e-commerce store where they, sh- they sell running sandals. And yes, I run in sandals, but I've bought, I think, three or four sandals from them over the past several years. I'm planning another purchase. You know, they're not doing anything for retention for me other than the basic newsletter. 
but I love them. I love the product. I want to like, you know, tell everyone I know that runs like, hey, check this stuff out. And so I think they are kind of the standard e-commerce play where I'm getting the exact same kind of, you know, quote, retention plan as a new customer or even someone who just came to the site and like, oh, I'm going to sign up for the mailing list. And that's basically no plan at all. Like I'm just getting marketed to just like everyone else. There's no differentiation between it. And that's, that's a hard thing because if they looked at me and said, well, you know, Eric, you've spent what, four or $500 with us. You bought our sandals. You've run 2000, maybe 3000 miles in them. We're going to treat you a bit differently. You're you know, a VIP customer. To them. Exactly. Like, and you know, I'm using this example because it's weird. It's I run in sandals. Every, every race I go to, people look at me and like, are you going to run in those? I'm like, yeah. And so I'm actually like, I'm not, but I could actually be kind of an ambassador for their brand and talk about the benefits, talk about why I like them, you know, basically sell the product for them, but they're not giving me the resources to help them with that. And so I'm just a normal customer. So what should, what should if you were them, what should they be doing? I mean, what they should do is basically... I mean, it's different for every store, but like what they should do, because it's a very high-end product, it's a personal product, it's, you know, apparel, it's something I wear, and it also links to a, a very expensive hobby, which is running, you know, they should be, you know, doing the standard follow-up, like, hey, how, how are you enjoying it? Um, the sandals have a break-in period where it takes a little while before they're formed to your foot, you know, they could estimate maybe, you know, at two months after the purchase, check in, make sure I'm wearing them, make sure I have any questions about them, um, you know, that kind of early stage just to kind of engage with me and start a dialogue, start a basically relationship with me. And then, you know, if they say I make a second purchase, they, you know, you that's, especially in Shopify, that's super easy to notice and be like, hey, Eric made a second purchase. Let's have our sales team or our support or customer success or whoever reach out and say, you know, Eric, I saw you about your second pair. It's a different than your first one. Why, why the change? Are you enjoying it? You know, just basic, basic outreach, basic, like, you know, communication relationship building. I think it's it's so easy to ignore customers versus just, you're right. I mean, that is literally a one-sentence email. Like, how difficult would that be? How much time would that take to send? But doing it demonstrates, um, it makes you feel important. You're like, wow, they actually noticed. Like, I matter. I'm not, right. just, so I'm, just, I'm not just a credit card number to these people. Right. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be email. Like, this is, you know, when I was, as I'm researching customer retention stuff, like, could be something simple, like, you know, they ship me a physical good on there. You know, everyone writes like, thank you for your business. Like, okay, that's great. I've even seen people have custom fonts for that. So it's completely automatic. <laughs> but someone can, as they're shipping it out, they could have a note, uh, a note on the order that says like, this is Eric's second order. It's his third order. They can say, hey, thanks. Thanks so much for this. You know, I hope you enjoy these. You know, kind of give me like a personalized message because, you know, as a consumer, I look at that, I'll see that. And you know, just something to kind of reinforce that it's not just a transaction, that it's actually like me as a consumer, I'm a person, I'm doing business with an, an entity that has people behind it. Yeah, I think, um, and this has come up before, but trying to, you know, why did, why did Target, why did tar Target hire Maria Bamford as a spokesperson? Because as a big company, you end up being a faceless corporation and mm -hmm. you don't want that. You want to have be a person. You want to be a human. You want to have someone out there who represents you. When you're a small business, that's the one time you can actually achieve that and do that. And so many small businesses, I see somebody like just, you know, one man, uh, one person operations, 
And then they like everything is they write everything is we, you know, we yep. appreciate your business. And it's like, that's insane. It's just you. So be yourself. It's okay to be small. You can now interact with people on a personal level. Yeah. And like, you know, a little side tangent, like I do consulting and it's just me here. I mean, well, technically me and my dog, but she doesn't code very well. So don't let her. <laughs> so like, that's actually a benefit of being small is I can talk to a client and be like, Hey, you are talking to the person who's not only going to take your requirements, but decide how to build it and actually do the building and then have to talk to you afterhand. So it's, there's no like communication problems, this and that. So like, there's a benefit in being small and in, you know, bringing kind of that personal side, that personality to it. And, you know, same goes for stores. I mean, as you get bigger, that's going to be harder and harder to achieve and, you know, take advantage of it while you can. So I think right now, like if you fundamentally, if you're sitting here thinking like, well, you know, we, I send out newsletters and I think the difference is if you're treating all of your customers the same, then you probably don't have a customer retention plan. Did mm-hmm. I, is that right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the best blanket statement for it. So what, um, and the end result is, you know, people don't have that loyalty because I, I can feel that I'm being, I'm not being treated as a very important person. You know, I don't have a personal relationship with the store owner, so I'm not willing to pay, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to pay a penny more for a generic store, you know, versus just going to Amazon. Um, so obviously like having loyal customers is beneficial because, you know, like you said, you want to buy, you have to keep buying, especially when you're running as much as you do, you have to keep spending money on shoes mm-hmm. and you're going to go back to the same place. You know, if you have a good relationship with them, rebuy the yeah. shoes. And there's actually something with loyalty. I, I, I can't attribute it to who or where I read it, but, um, loyalty is like a two way street. Cause you know, if you're the e-commerce owner, you're thinking like, I want my customers to be loyal to me. So I want my customers to always buy from me. Well, flip it around the customer, the consumer, they want the business to be loyal to them. If, if I've made five purchases from your business, like, am I still paying the full price? Am I still getting treated the same? So customer loyalty, like it, depending on the context, like it can mean different things. And one thing that I think is kind of nice is if you kind of switch that role in your mind just for a little bit and think about how would you want to be treated, you might actually like recognize a whole bunch of improvements you could find in your store. So what would be, uh, what would be some of those improvements? I mean, like I, like I said originally, like, you know, I'm on just a standard, uh, we'll say monthly email newsletter. That's just a blast of, you know, new products, it's cool stuff people are doing. Well, maybe if I got a VIP newsletter or, um, you know, maybe like my third order, they sent me a coupon or, you know, very, very simple stuff, stuff to like basically show that they appreciate it. Um, you know, you could even do, depending on if you're like a local business, you could even have a, you know, special private customer's dinner or appreciation event or, you know, actually want another running store um, where I don't get my shoes from. <laughs> they, uh, they, they just emailed me, I think it was, it was yesterday, they're doing like a flash sale, I think this weekend. Um, but they're like, hey, since you're on our mailing list, here's a special invite. You can come in, I think it's like four hours early or whatever, um, if you present this email. So like, I'm not, a, I don't, I haven't bought a lot from them, but I bought enough from them that they recognize that I'm a valuable customer. I'm not just a looky-loo. And so that's a, that's a basic way to kind of appreciate me as a customer. And I'm feeling I'm getting a benefit about it. So, uh, what's the, what's the benefit to having loyal customers? I think that's like these customer retention programs are essentially the end result is they build loyalty. What's the benefit of it? Yeah. And that's, that's an important thing. Cause there has to be an ROI, like, you know, the feel good and the appreciation, all that, that's nice, but you know, that's not going to like 
put money in your bank account, let you keep going through business. Um, the biggest, there's two factors, like there's two kind of big metrics that you can see from having loyal customers. Um, the first one is you're going to potentially have a higher average order value. Um, I think, uh, I think it was Adobe did a study that I, I quote a lot, but they found that your first order, you have your first order, second order, and then there's like third and on orders. The second order is more, most of the time going to be a higher average order value. So when people come back, they have more trust in your store. They're going to spend more money. The third order, and then continuing on the fourth, fifth, sixth, those are even higher. And I think it's like, I want to say 3% for the second one. And f- I think it's five or maybe 15 for the third and on. So it's a dramatic increase, you know, and that's without you doing anything else. It's so, huge. Yeah. So like you're going to make more money right there. Um, the other factor is I'm trying, I'm trying to avoid a lot of the math here just because it's hard in audio form. Um, when you, when you get, when you get one order from a customer, whatever they spent on that order, that's their lifetime value at that point. Right. When they make a second order, that adds to the lifetime value. So okay. if, even if it all, everything else is the same, one order is $100, second order is another 100 their lifetime value is now 200 So if you take that and take the average order value, basically that lets you actually acquire a customer for cheaper. So, so if you we're run say, a, okay, so if we're looking, if we know a typical lifetime value, then we can spend more on that initial purchase, even if we don't make money on the initial purchase, knowing that their their lifetime value is much higher. Right. Yeah. If you're if you if you get loyal if you get loyal customers or there's a greater percentage of loyal customers, that's going to boost your lifetime value. That means that you could potentially spend more to acquire them. You could even spend spend more than what you're going to get on the first order, because you'll make it back on the later ones. You know that's that's risky, but that's how the math can work. Um, you know, cause if I'm going to make a hundred dollars from one order, I'm only going to spend up to a hundred dollars. But if I'm going to make a hundred dollars on the first, a hundred on the second, hundred on the third, that gives me a buffer of 300 I could spend. So I can actually pursue channels that at first glance, just on your first order might not make sense. But when you look at the whole lifetime, it does make sense. It does make sense. And that is <laughs> like the hardest part is that, that initial cost per acquisition, that top of funnel cost is so high. It's very difficult to get it down. Um, so the other way to do it is you know, rather than get the cost per acquisition down, get their, their lifetime value up, um, which makes a lot of sense. So what are, um, how do I measure this? What do I do? How do I figure it out? Cause we started to throw some numbers out there. Yeah. So as far as kind of repeat customers and loyalty stuff, there's really three metrics I like to look at. Um, first one we touched on a little bit is average order value. Um, that's, that's a good driving metric. That's, I mean, you should be watching that anyways, even for first time customers. Um, inside of it though, average order value doesn't tell you everything. Um, watch the overall for your store, but also segment it out and see what your average order value for your first purchases are. So like when people first come to your store, how much are they spending on that first transaction with you? And then look at the second one. You know, see if there's a difference. Um, some product mixes might have a high first average order value and then drop dramatically, uh, especially if there's like equipment or any kind of large asset that the customer has to buy. And then the second one's like refills or whatever. Yeah, accessory, uh, item, it's upsell items. Yeah. And so um, if you can watch average order value kind of over the lifetime of like, okay, second purchase, third, fourth, fifth, you know, continuing on. I, I have a, 
have a customer, I think they have like 15 or 18 repeat orders as their max. Like, you know, I, I think that cus- the, their end consumer has, been, yeah, I think they've been buying for like a couple of years. So it's like, you know, that's a, that's a huge, um, a huge benefit to having a good loyal customer who keeps buying, you know, cause that's just, you know, they pay the same amount to acquire them and that's just increasing the lifetime value just each purchase. So average order value is a big metric to watch. If you can segment it out based on like what purchase number it is, that's a good one to, to kind of compare and make sure that you don't have any drop-offs. Um, the second one is repeat purchase rate. Uh, okay. That's, this is a percentage that basically tells you, it tells you how loyal your, loyal your customers are based on, are they coming back? Um, you know, if you have a repeat purchase rate of say uh, 10%, means about one in 10 of your customers are coming back and buying again. So just, just like average order value, if you can watch it for your whole store as the overall, that's a good rough barometer. Um, another good way to slice and dice it is to actually look at it at the different steps. So, you know, repeat purchase rate for person who's gone from first purchase to second purchase, what's that percentage? From second to third, what's that percentage? You know, all the way down the, down the chain until you get to the, the person who's bought like a million times or whatever. Right, and those are extreme VIPs. Right. So what, um, you know, like obviously average order value is going to be based on, like a, there's really no good metric for average order value because it's going to be entirely dependent on what you sell on the store. Mm-hmm. Um, repeat purchase rate, do we have any like rough metrics? And obviously the answer is it depends, but do we have any like rough goals people should be shooting for with repeat purchase rate? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on your product mix. It depends a lot on your marketing as far as when you acquire a customer. So, like, how are you structuring the relationship before they're a customer and then your retention stuff? Um, I, think, I think that Adobe study, or maybe it was a different one, cited somewhere around, I want to say 27% was the average repeat purchase rate. But, you know, that varies. Uh, the interesting thing about it is, like, because it's a percentage, it has kind of an exponential effect on the revenue. So like a small boost in this rate can actually, just because you're combining multiple uh, purchases over time, it can actually boost your revenue significantly. How um, so? I'm bad so at math. I, yeah, so I did some math on it. I played with average order values and a whole bunch of other things. And it, the numbers actually kind of hold up. So it doesn't matter if you have a $10 product or a $1,000 product. These effects tend to, they tend to get to the same percentage over a long term. Um, starting with like a low, we'll just, I'll throw some numbers out here. I think we can put in the show notes so people have it too. And I might make some kind of graph or something fun for it later on. Um, but if you have a repeat purchase rate of 10%, that's going to end up adding about 11% in revenue. So 10% people buy, 11% of revenue, not a lot. Uh, if you boost your repeat purchase rate to 15, you now have an 18% on revenue. So it's getting a little bit better. You can see now it's you know not, a, not in lockstep. We're actually boosting it a bit more. Uh, at 25% repeat purchase rate, we're up to 33% more revenue. So you can see it's starting to exponentially grow right there. If you can get, and I don't know, you might get it. I don't know anyone that has done it. But if you can get a 50% repeat purchase rate, you'll basically double your revenue. And then I think if you get a 100% repeat purchase rate, the formula makes it so you have an infinite revenue, which that's kind of the place to be. But I like it. Um, okay, so uh, some actionable steps here. 
increasing average order value. So it's not because I've always advocated like, all right, you got to increase your average order value, you got to increase your lifetime value. I never actually gave like, here's metrics to watch, here's how to do it. Um, but just to to recap, increasing average order value, um, doing upsells and cross sells. So mm-hmm. that can either be at the time using a an app like Bold Apps Product Upsell. You know, very obvious name there. Um, someone buys a digital camera and then you, you know, as they hit, you know, when they hit the cart, uh, bold apps product upsell says, Hey, did you want to buy a tripod memory card battery? Like some obvious accessory that people are like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I do want to get that. Like they've already decided I'm going to buy this main item. So if I'm offering them something that's going to make it fun, easier to use at 10% more, that's a good way to do it. And you can also do cross sales where like after the, you know, post purchase via email, you know, you set up a flow in an app like Clavio, which I love. Um, and you say like, okay, if they bought camera, then let's wait a week and say, hey, did you want to buy a telephoto lens? And like start educating them on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's going to, um, like that process right there, you're going to be able to increase your average order value and your repeat purchase rate. And of course, the the shortcut to getting that repeat purchase rate is doing subscriptions. And that doesn't work right. for every store. But if you had something that's like a consumable good, um, you know, uh, razors, um, ink for boxes. a printer, or even just like, hey, here's a supply of uh, a monthly supply of supplements. You know, then you can do those um, those recurring orders. And again, Bold Apps recurring orders, simple simple app to do that. And that's going to get that that repeat purchase repeat purchase rate up, average order value up, lifetime value up. Um, and then there's a third metric that you had mentioned to me that I had never considered before, and that's purchase latency. Talk to me about purchase latency. Okay, so purchase latency, um, it's it, this is where we get into kind of a bit more of the confusing stuff. It can be called latency, purchase latency, or even customer purchase latency. Um, there's literature, like studies, like economic stuff done on it. Um, crazy math. But the idea behind it is all that this is is basically the delay between orders. You know, the delay, delay between your customer purchases. Uh, so the idea is your first order happens on day zero. If I come back 30 days later and buy, you know, a second set of shoes or maybe some new laces for my shoes, my latency between orders one and two is 30, 30 days. Um, basically, the shorter, the better. Um, you know, if, if I'm buying every 30 days and you can shorten it to 21 days, you're going to get more transactions and you're going to get them earlier. And if you, you know, gets into finance, but money now or money sooner is a better than money later. And that's also going to help the business cash flow too. Um, the Makes sense to me, yeah. the The critical one is the first to second because that's. I mean, you think about once again. You think about the customer. They come to your store. They might have a little bit of trust in you, but they might have some hesitation. You know, conversion rate stuff kind of can help like get over that and build some trust. But there's a there's a lot of mistrust at the beginning. They place their first order. Order is good. They like it. They're like, okay, this company's legit. I like the product. Getting into that second order is important because once you get them on the second order, that basically reinforces the trust cycle and it just starts building on there. Um, I think once you get to like the third or fourth order, assuming that your products can support that sort of thing, you're pretty good. Like you have a you have a loyal customer at that point. But the the first to second, that's the hugest drop off. Um, and that's also going from the second and on. That's when you start seeing the benefits because of the um, lifetime value improvements and all that. I dig it. Okay, so we've covered um, quite a few metrics. We've covered uh, a couple ways to increase those metrics. 
you have an app that puts all this in one place. Pitch me on it. Yeah. So let me, I'll pitch you on one thing first. Sure. I have, I have an email course that kind of walks you through this. It actually walks you through calculating these. Oh, okay. Um, Average order value is pretty simple. Um, I think you just need like, you might even just need one report in Shopify and then a calculator. It's at least for the base one. Um, repeat purchase rate, I think you have to do two or three reports, but you can get all the data. Like it's there. Um, but latency, like I've talked to a couple people about it and it's near impossible to calculate without breaking out at sale and some crazy formulas. Um, but the course that I have, it kind of walks you through at least average order value and repeat purchase rate, how you can find it for yourself, get the kind of the baseline, like store wide over this period. Here's how it works. Um, and I, I recommend you sign up for it. Even if you don't, uh, you know, subscribe to my app, I think it's going to teach you a lot. It actually, um, goes into the kind of the math behind how repeat purchase rate improves your revenue. So you can actually understand it. Worth noting here, um, and actually, uh, our mutual friend Kai Davis told me this. I had no idea. Do you have a background in finance? Yeah, I actually have a business degree in finance. Got out of school, became a developer, and you know, running my own apps now. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's kind of. I just assumed, you know, based that you had like a computer science background, and no, you have a finance background. I think that's great. So it's cool to see that applied here to your business. yeah, it came up because we were talking about, it's like, oh, what do we think? I was like, what do you think different apps make, like different um, Shopify apps make? And it turned, like you had, you were trying to do like estimates because you had this finance background. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've done some financial modeling of a whole bunch of things. And that's kind of the app you mentioned. That's kind of the point of that is take some of these modeling, take the latency, which is very difficult to calculate by hand, um, even for one customer, and actually like expanded out. So the app will actually, once it's installed, will grab your customer stuff, your orders, all of that. And I th- it depends on how, how much business you have, but it's within about two minutes, you get all of these metrics just spouted out to the screen there to, there for you. It's average order value, repeat purchase rate, purchase latency for your store, but also breaks it down based on the steps. So first orders, what those metrics are, second orders, third, fourth, fifth, um, because the computer can do all this math very easy. Like computers are actually great at math. They just, they suck at everything else. <laughs> and so that's kind of the point of the app is to try to make it easier to get these metrics. And kind of an added thing that I have to it is I have a couple industry statistics in there that if I notice like your repeat purchase rates low at, you know, order three to four, I flag it. And I give you a couple of the options like here's what you can do to improve it or here's where you need to look to kind of get that back up to, you know, industry standard or above to where it should be. Oh, that's very cool. So it's, it's proactive and has like kind of opinionated best practice in there. Yeah. And it doesn't do any of the marketing for you. It's basically an, an analysis and then suggestions. But I try to make it where it's kind of simple of like, oh, look, you know, the computer's analyzed and said I have a low average order value. Let's, let's do whatever I need to do, use whatever email marketing tool I want and get it up. I like it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you and then the, your email course, what is the link for that? Uh, yes. Uh, let me see it. Oh, littlestreamsoftware.com. That's your company. Uh, slash L slash unofficial dash Shopify. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll put that in there. Um, and then your app is called Repeat Customer Insights, correct? Correct. Right. And we'll, that's live in the Shopify app store now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We'll link to that as well. Um, what's that cost? And then, um, right now, it's at $29 a month. I am looking at segmenting the pricing. So, Dude, you know, pricing we'll see tiers. What- yeah, and I, I think it just depends. I want to make it so it's 
the smaller shops can get some of this information that they need. And then the larger shops that are doing like, you know, they're on plus doing what a thousand orders a, a month or whatever, like they can get the more in-depth metrics because realistically the, the very small shops, they're not going to have a lot of time to really analyze and put everything in play. And so my hope is help them out on the small end, help them out on the large end. You know, everyone benefits. Cool. Okay. And I was going to say also anyone who signs up, um, you know, heard it on here, send me an email. I'm pretty easy to reach in the app and a whole bunch of other places. Um, and once, once I get your metrics loaded, I'll actually kind of go through and give you kind of a personalized, like what I think about your metrics, make you make some suggestions based on your product mix and all that, because, you know, sometimes getting, seeing a bunch of numbers can be overwhelming and I can try to translate that for you and give you, you know, even more detailed actionable steps to take. I dig it. Okay. Um, yeah. Is there, and lastly, is there one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? Uh, not just Shopify store owners, but one thing I think every e-commerce store owner should do is think about your store and your business just like the old classical mom and pop store where you go in, they know your name, they know what you like, they give you personalized recommendations. There, There's basically a relationship there. So one thing I would say is, Figure out how you can do that for your customers, whether it's, you know, an email email with retention campaigns, whether it's specific notes on like their packages or anything like that. Figure out how you can do that and put that in place as much as you can and treat your customers like actual people. And I think in the long term, they'll come and pay you back with their loyalty. I couldn't agree more. Eric, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. To our listeners, however this audio made it into your ears, you could find out more about it at unofficialshopfypodcast.com. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, I implore you, subscribe in iTunes or sign up for my newsletter at currentelster.com, and I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle, LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.